When the sun dips beneath the Santa Monica Mountains, it's time for another Death at Sunset. From Los Angeles, a sunshine noir radio play podcast starring Tiffany Barubay, Brad Davis, Riley Gray Moore, Johnny Luna, and Chris Maxwell. Music by Zach Pfeiffer, written by Chris Maxwell and Brad Davis. Recorded, edited, and directed by Chris Maxwell. Since we last left P.I. Jack Dime, he had been beaten in an alley and left to forget by Shiloh Walton and the larger brothers of Alpha Sigma Sigma. The attack was cold revenge for Jack swiping a pair of fifths from the frat, which were themselves stolen from Acapulco Beach Bar and Grill with the help of Angel Valquez, a former busboy and current missing person. Will Jack find Angel before it's too late? Find out on part two of Hard Times and Soft Drinks. When I came to, it had to be about midnight. Almost time to meet up with Misty. I was foggy. My head was pounding, my body was aching, and there was the metallic taste of blood in my mouth. I felt like Rocky in that movie, Rocky Three. Ah, but that's the thing about Los Angeles. You always end up talking about the movies. I couldn't be sure if the beating I just took was for roughing up Shiloh and taking the booze, like they had mentioned, or maybe I was just getting too close. Either way, Shiloh and his gang took back their tequila and whiskey, and they shattered the driver's side window of my car to do so. At least in LA, I didn't have to worry about the rain. I cleared the glass off my seat and cruised down Pacific to Misty's place. She buzzed me right up. Oh my god, you look terrible. Yeah, perks of the job. Let me get you some ice. In a glass, with a drink if you have something. I'm all out of booze, sorry. I have some coke. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks. My nose is too filled with blood for that kind of stuff. Here, let me clean you up, at least. I have gauze somewhere. Who did this to you? I might have pushed some of Angel's friends a little too far. Any closer to finding him? <laughs> if I was, I wouldn't be picking up a second job as a busboy. Say, what do you know about this Owen Locke collar? My boss? He's an, a nice guy. He works hard. He's the one who hired me. Did he hire Angel, too? Well, probably. He's been there for a long time. Hired most of the current staff. Hmm. Well, I'll level with you. It looks like Angel was selling off the restaurant's booze for some time now. From your story, it sounds like something went wrong and he had to skip town. I need to know what part Owen plays in all of this. Ah! Don't be a baby. It's just rubbing alcohol. These cuts need cleaning. Here, give me that. No, don't! Uh, Takes the edge off. Works quick, too, inside and out. Do you think he's okay, Angel? You really care for him, huh? He had other girlfriends. I know he did. It's okay. I had other boyfriends, too. It's just that night... The night he left, we fought something awful. Over nothing, of course, but I said some hateful things. I just couldn't stand it if something happened to him. Yeah, my gut tells me you have nothing to worry about. Angel seems to be a resourceful kid. He skipped town to avoid any trouble. But it's getting late. You should go to bed, Misty. What about you, Jack? You probably shouldn't sleep. You might have a concussion. Nah, don't worry about me. I've always been a night owl. Good night, Misty. Good night, Jack. At 10.30 a.m., I found myself still on Misty's couch. My mind was still foggy, my back still ached, and I was never much for aspirin. 
I felt like hell in the LA heat was doing nothing to convince me otherwise. My mind drifted back to that cold beer from the morning before. Jerry's would be open by the time I got back across town. Jesus, Jack, you look like shit. Ugh, thanks. You know, it'll be worth it when all those workers' comp checks start rolling in. When they do, you can start paying off your bar tab. <laughs> uh, speaking of, what's a beer running me these days? I wouldn't know. I'm not among the lucky few bars left serving. What happened to the keg from yesterday? Took one guy wandering in, contacting a few friends that we had a supply. Kicked in three hours. Uh, so you've got nothing? I wouldn't say nothing. We've got chicken wings and mozzarella sticks, cheese fries, Coca-Cola, water... Fry me up an order of the mozzarella sticks, would you? Somebody's gotta keep this place in business. One order of mozzarella sticks for the guy who never pays his tab. Coming right up. The quick bite sustained me from my trip back to the left side. 2.30 p.m., and with no cars on the road, I had plenty of time to get to Acapulco Beach. You know, people think undercover work is so glamorous. You don't always get to pretend to be an exotic baron. Most of it is working shitty jobs trying to get information from stupid people. Ironically, just like waiting tables. I found Owen chatting up Misty at the host stand. Speak of the devil. Our new busser. Jesus, what the hell happened to your face, bro? A surfing accident. Gnarly. I totally dislocated my shoulder once. Took me a week to get back up on the board. It was torture being off the waves for so long, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. Agony. Right on. Well, try not to look customers in the eye. We've been hella busy, so it's gonna be a little sink or swim situation tonight. Here's an apron, glasses go to the bar, dishes go to the dish pit. If you have any questions, come find me. Roger. No, it's Owen. The joint was a madhouse. No wonder Angel was skimming off the top. Acapulco Beach Bar and Grill was an oasis of alcohol, a suspicious embarrassment of riches. Drinks were going unfinished, people were leaving glasses half full. How optimistic. A half a beer here, quarter of a margarita there, an extra shot of tequila, another beer. It wasn't long till the pain in my beaten body was numb and I found myself actually enjoying the gig. 6.15 p.m. Happy hour. It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. Hey, Jack! Jack! Can I talk to you in my office for a minute? This is why I don't work for other people. Just when you start having a good time, the boss comes breathing down your neck. Are you seriously drunk, dude? Yeah, Owen, I'm drunk. A little too drunk, too, don't you think? Considering the circumstances? Dude, what are you talking about? Have you been out there? Outside this restaurant? That city is dry. Don't you find that suspicious? Doesn't that raise questions in your mind? Uh, questions that you're clearly intoxicated? You're stumbling around out there, bumping into waitresses? Come on, what's the trick? Where's the booze coming from? Why you and nobody else? Come on, dude. You got all your stuff. You're out of here. Come on. Oh, get rid of me, just like you got rid of Angel. Who said anything about Angel? Jesus, I did. Aren't you listening? He was selling off your booze on the side, and I think you're in on it. That or you're a terrible manager, which I haven't ruled out either. I don't know what you're talking about. Ugh, I'm talking about your management skills. Owen, don't you run an inventory? 
A hot commodity like a cold keg and at least 24 bottles disappeared recently. Tell me you didn't notice. Listen, I got an invoice with Angel's name on it for an alcohol delivery to this place. So I know somebody had to be cooking the books. Now tell me it wasn't you. <laughs> I'm not telling anything to the police without a lawyer. Uh, do you see a badge? I don't really care what you got going on here, Owen, but I'm willing to do what I need to to find Angel Valquez. Yeah, I don't know where he is. You're going to have to do better than that. Look, when you see something you're not supposed to see, it's time to disappear. And what did Angel see? Listen, people who say things they're not supposed to say don't usually live to tell about it. Alright, I don't know who you're protecting him from, but you're going to need protecting from me if I don't start hearing what I want to hear. Answers! I told you, I don't know where he is, but I know they want him dead. As long as no one knows where he is, he stays safe. Who's they? Who wants him dead? Dangerous guys! Get that through your skull before they put a bullet through it, dangerous. No names? No insight? That's that? Yeah, that's that. Well, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. It's a satisfying thing, the one-punch knockout. Builds confidence, looks impressive. Feels cool. Ow! Oh, I think you broke my nose, dude! Damn. Two-punch knockout. Good enough. I turned my attention to the filing cabinet. Angel's file. No real information here. A few copies of tardiness write-ups and a food handler certificate set to expire tomorrow. Seemed like his hands were dirty way before this. I took a seat at the office computer. Computers. That's where people keep information these days. I did a quick search for Angel Valquez and was met with a copy of his new hire paperwork, dated three years back. Home address. Availability. Allergies. Emergency contact. A grandmother in Gardena. I copied down the address and deleted the file. I didn't need the world knowing they could off Angel with a bee sting. I quietly slipped out of the office so no one would notice. Jack! Damn! Jack, what happened? Is everything okay? Everything's peachy, Misty. What did Owen say to you? Uh, enough for a lead. To Angel? Where? Who? Never mind that. Finish your shift and get out of here. Don't come back until you hear from me. Is Angel in danger? No one's in danger yet, but this whole place is suspect. Best to keep your distance. Wait, where are you going? I just clocked out. I decided to head to Gardena tonight. If Angel fled to his next of kin, it wouldn't take long before somebody found him. But I was a nobody, and like Owen had said, nobody was gonna find Angel. Anna Maria Lucia Valquez lived in a small, one-level concrete house. Chain-link perimeter fence, properly manicured lawn, mid-90s Oldsmobile in the small driveway. Typical for the neighborhood. It was 9.30 p.m. and the place was dark. Typical for grandmas. But Angel was no grandma. Was he just keeping grandma hours, or was he not here? Rather than wake an old lady, I decided it was time for another stakeout. I couldn't have been sitting in my car for more than five minutes before it happened. I fell asleep. Now who's keeping grandma hours?
It was a terrible night's sleep and admittedly not my best stakeout. A film covered my lips like a documentary, and before my eyes sharpened to the sunlight, my ears perked up at the sound of a car engine turning over. It was Grandma Zoldsmobile. I rubbed the sleep from my eyes and refocused in time to watch it sputter past, heading south on Raymond. Even first thing in the morning, my keen eye noticed one very specific detail. Angel was driving. <laughs> this was the key to my case. While we were so close to the freeways, I figured he was making his final getaway, but Angel stuck to the surface streets, heading southwest. In about a half hour, we were deep into the windy roads of Palos Verdes, back where the ocean's salt permeated the air. We finally stopped at a park near the high school. Angel exited the Oldsmobile and pulled the hood of his sweatshirt over his head. He hesitated and looked around. Then, a five-year-old girl in a soccer uniform got out of the back seat. She ran up to Angel, grabbed his hand, and pulled him towards a soccer field. The girl led Angel to the proper color-coded sideline. He kissed her on the forehead and she joined her teammates. Angel proceeded the other way and rounded the corner of a cinder block building that seemed like it sometimes served as a concession stand. Being as his grandma's Oldsmobile was in the opposite direction, I took it as an invitation to follow him. I rolled past the bleachers, turned the corner of the concession stand, and no Angel. Just a row of three porta johns. He was running a shell game, a three-potty Monty. Pick the one with Angel inside and win the money. Choose wrong and he bolts out the other with a head start back to his car. Eeny, meeny, miny. Jumped from behind and shoved into a bathroom stall. High school all over again. How dare you come here? What kind of hitman brings this kind of business to my daughter's soccer game? Well, what kind of fugitive are you? Go into your own daughter's soccer game when you clearly know your life is in danger. The kind of fugitive that couldn't say no to his daughter when she begged him to watch her play soccer one last time. So what happened? Did David run out of barrels? He had to send some busted up two-bit washout to kill me? I'm not here to kill you, Angel. Believe me, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. Bullshit! I knew you were following me all morning. If I wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. No way! I knew where you were last night. I could have killed you then if I wanted you dead. I'm the one with the gun to your head right now. If I wanted you dead, I'd pull this trigger. Okay. Well, now, let's calm down. Since neither one of us is dead, it means that neither one of us want the other dead, right? Yeah, okay. Then would you mind removing your gun from the base of my skull? Fine. But turn around slowly and have a seat on the can. Oh, come on. In here? Can't I just stand? Sit. Can I hover? You think you have the quad strength for that? I'm willing to find out. So watch out. You're not here to kill me. What do you want? Name's Jack. Jack Dime, private detective. I want to assure Misty Warner that you're safe and sound. You broke her heart when you left. Left her real shaken up about how it all went down. Sometimes the crimes of the law weigh the crimes of the heart. Clearly. Must have gotten yourself into some real hot water. Nothing over my head. Something over Owen's head. He kept his lips tight for fear of drowning. Does he know I'm here? Doubt it. What's it gonna take for you to forget you saw me here? Well, Misty's paying me a grand to bring you back safe and sound. I don't have that kind of money, Jack. And I suppose you just donated all that hooch to Shiloh and the good brothers of Alpha Sigma Sigma? That's not my money. Well, obviously. But I'm willing to set my scruples aside on this one. Come on. I've made some bad decisions. But I'm not a bad guy. I promise. I saw an opportunity to make a little more and took it. I'm sorry, Jack. But that money has already been left for my daughter. Maybe we can work something out? 
What would you say to $300? I'd say it's quite a pay cut. Please, that's all I have left. I don't know what to do anymore. Come on, you're a cop. Can't you get these guys? I'm not a cop. Please, Jack, I don't want to leave. Okay, sure. But get who, and for what? Don't you wonder why LA is running out of alcohol? They didn't stop making it. Someone's got a stranglehold on the market, deciding who, when, and how much booze is currently trickling into the city. Ever hear of Spade's Best Distribution? Company went belly up back in 09, but right now their old warehouse is stocked with this city supply of sauce. Spade's Best? Yeah. Truck is driven by a real wild car named Dave. Just Dave? Yeah, man. Delivery Dave, who drives the truck. The only guy I ever had any contact with. That's it. And the warehouse. Oh, sure, kid, the warehouse. You realize that even in a shortage, it's not illegal to own alcohol. But stealing it from a restaurant or distributor still is. Jack, we're gonna help bring down a murdering crime syndicate. Any stealing I may or may not have done from the bad guys will be overlooked or excused. Oh, so now you want me to bring down a crime syndicate for $300? Murdering crime syndicate. Named Dave, as far as you know. Yeah. Does Misty know anything about this little operation? No. Clearly Owen does, and he's scared of these guys. Do you think you can get him to talk? Yeah, if he knows these guys will be going down, sure. Okay, 300 up front and I go check out this warehouse and go talk to Owen. You stay put and no more going to soccer games. Deal. Angel opened the door to the porta potty and I couldn't help the feeling of stepping out of one shitty situation and into another. It may have been a bad decision to go after alleged murderers, but it was the right decision. Just another occupational hazard. Since when did your job look out for your best interests anyways? After all, the customer is always right. I got into my car, back to the city to check out this warehouse, out of the frying pan, and into the fire. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Death at Sunset. For more information, visit deathatsunset.com or follow the show at Death at Sunset on Twitter. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends and neighbors. I'm Clark Kohler saying, remember, no matter how bright the day, no matter how thick the traffic, we'll be back next week with another Death at Sunset. <laughs>